Hello and welcome to Into Your Life podcast. I'm Lenka and I'm joined here by my wonderful co-host Natalie. Hi, we invite you to join our weekly conversations about finding more life in one's life. Well, what does it actually mean? We have discussions with guests about ways to live happier, healthier and more fulfilling lives, both personally and professionally. That sounds great. Let's go. So today we have a wonderful guest here on Into Your Life podcast. We have a gentleman, I'm going to call him a gentleman, Stuart, who's with us. He's a fellow introvert. So we have three introverts on this call today, which is really great. I met Stuart through networking. We've networked for about a year now, I think. We met about a year ago, give or take a couple of months or a day or two. And one thing I really loved about Stuart is when you see him at network events on online, he has a brain behind him. And as a lot of you know, Lenka and I love the brain. We've, we talk about the brain. So, of course, I saw this picture of a brain behind Stuart, and that was just a great way that I started to get to know him. I also know him as the sock guy, so maybe that might come out. But either way... We really chuffed to have you with us today to talk business, to talk introversion, and especially how, as a male, it's like to be an introvert in the business world. I mean, your background is military. They don't like introverts in the military, do they? So, it, not. <laughs> so it is. It's going to be a fun, fun conversation with three introverts. This could be a very quiet conversation. But mm-hmm. welcome, Stuart. Say hi and introduce yourself and let, let our listeners get to know you a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's quite interesting you bring up the thing about the military, which I'll perhaps go into in a, in a little bit of detail later on. Um, but, yeah, so uh, born in Barrow in Furness in the northwest of England, which was um, a place that you never, ever said I was just driving through and I dropped in. It's at the, the bottom end of nowhere, if I can use the word bottom in this uh, podcast, I'll think about another uh, synonym for that. Born there, uh, went to live in Zambia for a while with my dad, who was um, a a, a travelling electrician, if you like, then lived in Scotland for 13 years. And um, as a a northern speaking Englishman um, from a uh, nomadic uh, family, and then we uh, parents split up as well. So it was a divorced family. I was English in a very Scottish environment. I quickly learned to learn about prejudice and um, uh, a lot of it came through and it was kind of kind of tough, right? So um, I, I kind of existed during that term, um, that schooling phase at um, in various Scottish schools being uh, picked on, bullied, whatever, whatever you want to call it, but strengthening my character as you, uh, as you might, uh, might alternatively call it. Um, I then went to work <laughs> ironically in sales companies. So I was working, um, really badly fitting into uh, a company called uh, Pitney Bowes, which is selling office franking machines, then um, selling double glazing, selling pretty much everything apart from used cars at one stage um, or or financial services. I didn't do that either because I I just couldn't be bothered getting my brain into that. Um, So doing all sorts of things, then joined the Air Force um, once I was living in Shropshire. So went to the Air Force, um, age 21, I'd also been in the part-time army at the same time, so learning to be a um, a corporal, a non-commissioned officer. Um, And as a corporal, you're kind of put in charge of uh, about seven or eight people 
and you put them through various leadership things. So I went to um, RAF College Cranwell as an officer cadet. Um, I was put in charge of little teams of seven or eight people. Um, and I found myself completely in my comfort zone of having done that for the past two years, albeit part time, and um, ended up getting a, a prize for uh, for leadership, um, which in this this week currently, it's uh, amazing that I was actually awarded a prize by Her Majesty the Queen. So I physically received a prize from Her Majesty the Queen. So I did 22 years in the Royal Air Force. And as you correctly say, as an introverted officer, it's really, really difficult to either get yourself heard get yourself noticed and uh, and to get promoted up to to the uh, various different levels because those who shout loudest tend to get noticed they tend to get the rewards of a good report and therefore they get promoted quite quickly so I kind of struggled a bit with them um, with the, the, the concept that I was actually doing my job I was doing my job to the best of my ability not ruffling the water, just making my way through the, the whole system quite happily. And I got to a fairly high level um, and then I found that it actually stopped. And um, some of the people said to me that that's the way my brain works. I should be two levels higher than I was already, but I wouldn't ever get noticed to get to that one level up. Um, and at that stage, I realised that actually I'm not best suited for that. So anyway, did a, a lot of time in the Royal Air Force and got frustrated, left at the point at which I thought my frustration might blow over so I thought you know what it's time to leave and do my own thing so I learned um, I, I was doing a psychology degree whilst in the air force um, I learned neurolinguistic programming timeline therapy heart math breathing techniques and lots of other things as well to help the brain predominantly my brain right um, and then to help other people as well um, so I've always been a people pleaser always trying to help other people before myself um, I'm currently living um, in Buckinghamshire I've got a, a wife, two boys, two dogs, and um, one of them's about to go to university. The other one's about to start his GCSEs. Um, so I'm busily supporting everybody and at the same time trying to run, run my business, which um, you alluded on. It's, uh, it's, about so it's about wearable neurotech, right? So it's, um, it's about putting this neurotech onto people's bodies. The bodies naturally react to that neurotechnology and it helps the brains to function in a different way. Um, that's enough of my introduction, I guess. I've probably gone on way more than you expect any introvert to do so. Um, but again, as, as Natalie knows all too well, I've, I've learned to make a story up and, uh, and let people hear more than perhaps I want to share. <laughs> and this is something we love about this, this our podcast. Is we get people to share things that they don't necessarily plan on sharing or even want to share and they share it. But I do want to clarify one thing first. I hope it's your son who's going to university and not the dog who's going to university. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this thick dog is not going to get a degree. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, well, you can stay at home. You've really spoken about quite a bit. And the one thing that I want to just ask you about, especially now um, in, in, in business now with running your own business, are you finding it easy to or easier as an introvert or are you using tools that you picked up from the military, from your past experiences that in a way not necessarily suppresses the introversion, but you sort of put on a persona in order to be heard? Or are you more stepping into the introversion and saying, you know what, I might be an introvert, take me as I am, but I'm going to do this my way. 
Several different options, really, to be fair. So um, I think the first one is that um, through my uh, knowledge of NLP and uh, modelling off other people, is I sometimes, um, if I'm going to a networking meeting, for example, or a meeting with somebody, I develop the persona that I want to project before that meeting. So I'll stand outside in the corridor, do some deep breathing exercises or whatever to, to, to ground myself and to, to make myself ready for it, and then act initially in the way that I want to be perceived. So it's it's is it play acting it probably is so it's 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 fake it till you make it type stuff so um i i I often go in there thinking these guys need to hear what i've got to say and then just going exuding that um sometimes i go into environments where i just don't feel comfortable um, and sometimes i just walk away from them and sometimes i just go in there and listen um and that's probably the the vast majority of events that I go to, which are unstructured um, meetings, I go in there and listen, 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 try and make connections with them. And then eventually somebody might say, what do you do? And then I'll feed back into that thing. But I am, I'm, I'm I'm always reluctant to be the the first speaker in those, uh, those occasions. I love that you said the fake it till you make it and it's one of my favorite saying because there is also an alternative to that that says fake it till you become it because that's part of habit building in a way that I really don't like that it gets the feeling that it's faking it. It's just really stepping out of the comfort zone and trying to project and really do something that is a little more uncomfortable. It's not like being fake. But I like the part and it does become more natural. And I've done pretty much the same on my kind of networking business journey that at the beginning I really had to fake the confidence. I really had to fake the ability to network and be friendly with people and going out there. It's been really outside of my comfort zone to start with. But over time people are like, oh, you're really confident. You're really friendly. You're really chatty. I'm like, am I? And I realized it well actually because I've been pretending for too long time, then I kind of learned to really embody it. But what I've also learned, and you kind of touched on it, is the self-awareness of what you as an introvert need. And sometimes it is to remove yourself from the situation. Sometimes it is to just listen and be a little bit more passive. So could you tell us a little bit more about how have you learned to really manage your own energy as an introvert again specifically in the context of business in really doing things out of your comfort zone that then enable you to grow the business but might not be necessarily something that you would by yourself want to be doing it's interesting that you, you say there uh Lanka, about the um the confidence issue um whereas generally if i'm in a, a leadership and or business setting I have no problem with confidence. The problem I have is with saying the right thing at the wrong time or the wrong thing at the right time. It's never, I never go into a meeting and say and think I'm going to say the right thing at the right time all the time here. So it's about the internal processing of the information that's there and making sense of that and exuding it back out again. So I, I, I can stand there really confidently and standing there with purpose and taking notes and interacting with people really happily. But when it comes to that what what is the critical component of, the, of that conversation right there that's where that's why I internalize it so it's making sense of those situations it's quite an interesting thing because I'm not always feeling that that level of energy that I need to so um sometimes when I go into the meetings where I had one last month I went to a place that I 
knew very few people actually and I walked into the room and um and I saw groups of people standing around and you know that when you go to network meetings that some people stand in little closed groups and some people are standing slightly open and I couldn't see anybody with a slightly open thing so I just wandered around with a cup of coffee just trying to look at groups and I just thought there's I don't think there's anybody here I want to speak to so I then made myself busy on my phone pretending to be answering things and uh, and then eventually somebody came up and speak, spoke to me and said um you okay there you, you've got any problems I said no but thanks for talking to me it's um you know it's it, sometimes I just find that 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 discomfort um so overbearing that I just can't break into it sometimes and 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 again I've, I've been to meetings where I've driven for half an hour to get there walked into the room found all closed groups couldn't couldn't find the energy to break into those groups and I left drove back half an hour and thought yeah that, that that was me done for the day so um yeah it is about energy management and and I guess the I guess the way that I mostly focus on it is that the um that the the outcome of what I deliver for my business to the people receiving it is far greater than my discomfort when I speak about it so I always focus on the fact that somebody with a a huge problem um, might gain massively by having this product so I just think I need to push through this in order to get this into that person's body so it's it's focusing on them and their outcome rather than me and my temporary discomfort it's something that um it's quite well known especially for the world of introverts if anyone of our listeners ever read any literature on the introverts how to be present in this world that is unfortunately mainly designed for and by extroverts it is the drive by purpose it's what you just mentioned it's really understanding your mission your purpose your desire what makes you the person that can help others and what really gets you out of the bed every single day. So I love that. Could you tell us a little bit more about what is that you do? Because no matter how much I think I know about neuroscience and the options out there, like I don't think I know much about wearable neurotech. So I think even our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about what is it that you actually do and can help people with. I think the, the easiest way I can describe it is if, um, for, for the benefit of the listeners on this podcast today, what I'd like to ask you to do is to find some objects on the table or the chair in front of you. Just put three or four objects in front of you. Close your eyes, reach out for one of those objects and grasp, grasp it in your hand. doesn't matter what it is and grasp it in your hand without looking at it. So keep your eyes closed and just focusing on that thing in your hand. When you get that image in your brain, that is from the skin detecting what is in that in, inside your um, inside your grasp or touching your skin on the outside, and it makes sense of it in your brain. So it transfers through the peripheral nervous system, through the brain stem, which is the bit that connects the um, spine with the brain, and then it converts that 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 feeling into an electrical signal, which then makes sense of it inside your brain. So what this um, neurotech does is it it puts a um, a very positive message through your skin, through to the brain stem, calms the brain stem down from all the disruptive influences and patterns that are going through it already. Um, and I'll talk about those in a short while. And it calms that down, which then allows the rest of the brain to be optimized. So if you're if you're very anxious about things and the front of your brain is is firing really quickly, it will calm that down. If the area at the back of the brain, generalization alert, 
if the area at the back of the brain is kicking off really quickly, that's a depressive type response and it will calm that down. But when the front and back of the brain is kicking off really strongly, the side of the brain, which is where your memory is concerned and where some of the um, visual cortex is, sorry, the visual system is concerned, um, that can be switched off. So if you're in a position of high anxiety, for example, and you're panicking to get out of the house, you can look at where the keys might be, but you cannot physically see them and you can't remember where things are either. So your memory and your visual system can be impaired because other areas are kicking off. So by wearing this positive pattern on your skin, it will send a message to your brain. Your brain can just calm the heck down and you can then use all the different functionality of your brain. So in an essence, that's what it's all about. And I did mention about um, the, the negative things that go to the brain to make it discombobulated or out of, out of sorts. Um, so things like temperature, humidity, um, balance, proprioception, touch, um, stimulus from electrical impulses or whatever can all add to a negative impact on the brain. Um, and, and certainly intrusive thoughts, um, you know, people that um, you listen to and they put you in a depressive mood, they all have an impact on the brain as well through the brain stem because you're picking up peripherally um, and then that has a, a negative effect. Does that, does that answer your questions? That kind of answers my question. Could you still explain a little bit more about that, what the products are that you have available and how then one would implement them into their daily life? Is it short-term solution? Is it long-term? Is it for the rest of my life? Is it something that's, uh, as you said, specifically designed for the purpose of uh, dealing with negative emotions like anxiety and depression potentially? Or could it be used in more reinforcing the good ones like aiding learning and something that's not necessarily we need to mitigate a problem. We simply want to be better and feel better and perform better. Lenka, could you ask me those questions one at a time, please? Because that because I, I think that would be brilliant to, to answer those one at a time and then yeah. and then perhaps bring it together at the end. So could you please explain a little bit more about your products or solutions? What they are, how they work? Is it something for short-term use or for long-term use? How one would get about using them practically? The, the most simple way of, um, of wearing this uh, wearable neurotech, and it's not invasive, there's no chemicals, no drugs, no magnets, um, it's purely the pattern on the wearable device that changes your brain. So it's that pattern interacts with the skin and sends a message to your brain. So the most simple way of um, wearing this tech is to wear a pair of socks. And I know everybody listening is going to go, a what? A pair of socks? And that's exactly the reaction I had two and a half years ago when somebody introduced this, this technology to me. How can a pair of socks possibly help? It's the pattern in the socks that interrupts the the system in the, the, the communication system in the foot, which then travels up through the brain to the um, peripheral nervous system. Um, we can also have insoles. So if you don't particularly want to wear socks, you can put insoles inside your boots, your shoes. And um, we also have a range of patches which you can stick onto your um, body in different places. Two inch by inch, two inch square, which is um, what five centimeters square for uh, for our European uh, audience. Um, which you stick onto any part of your body. It'll stay there for a maximum of 24 hours and it'll change the way your brain works. Uh, we also have um, knee braces and other things which will de design to give you extra um, comfort and support in those different areas. Um, and the different um, patches we have are for different functionality. So sports people would wear a different patch to get a sporting enhancement. And um, people with um, long-term pain, 
balance, coordination, stamina, energy issues would wear a slightly different patch, which is called Liberty. Um, and we also have some different patches which help with anxiety specifically. Um, another set of patches which helps with um, attention and focus. So people with um, a uh, attention disorder uh, of some sort can wear one kind of patch which helps their brains to switch into focus mode and not get so um, animated and angry. Um, another one for children, which is um, helping them at school. Um, and some other ones which help with the blood flow and, uh, and other things as well. So there's a whole different range of, uh, of technologies, um, all of which impact through the brain. The, these patches, the socks, do not fix. They don't diagnose or treat anything. They help the brain to deal with those things because the brain, is, as we all know, um, carries out 90% of what we do as a human completely unconsciously. So if we're helping the brain to calm down and do those things in a better way, it creates a, a better version of ourselves every single time. Um, and how do we know it works? Well, we've done 20,000 20, plus brain scans on people to show that every, can't say every single person, but 99.9% of people have had an improvement in the way their brain works within seven seconds of wearing this technology, which is, um, you know, every time I say that, I kind of gulp and I think, that it, it changes people that lives that quickly within seven seconds of just changing the signal to the brain. It's quick and non-invasive and it doesn't require any chemicals or anything to impact the body. It's incredible. And you kind of touched on it, but could you explain a little bit more about the applications? We talked a lot about how it can mitigate some of the negative emotions and thought processes like depression, anxiety, and you mentioned uh, that sports people could be using it. So could it be used uh, outside of kind of the medical healing properties to more, let's say, learning, aiding, personal development for someone who simply wants to perform better? Uh, yeah, good question. And um, certainly what, um, so my personal experience of wearing the, uh, the patches is that um, when I'm, we also have a sleeve as well, which you can wear in a different way, but I've I've switched from the sleeve personally to the patches, which are so much easier to wear. Um, they're disposable. You don't have to wash them and, uh, and it's so much easier to use. And it's two pound a day, right? So I just think, well, for the sake of two pound a day, um, when I'm at my, my work desk, I can sit there with a patch on and it, it kind of sharpens my brain. So it, it helps with my focus, my attention, my concentration. Um, and if I'm feeling a little bit jaded or tired, um, specifically when I'm in a long online networking meeting, It helps my brain to attend to the information being passed all the time and um, and also help taking notes helps a lot as well. Um, so th there are many, many applications, um, some of which are medical, some of which are sporting performance. Um, I was I was hearing from some of our American colleagues the other day that some American football teams have started to, uh, to give them to all their players now. P people with um, memory related things and um, people that... Um, have got some bodily jitters caused by um, neural inconvenience, as I always call it, um, all, all see some sort of benefit. And I've seen you know, personal stories of people with named diseases, um, and they, they, they've shown their um, improvement within a few seconds, as I say, of, uh, of wearing this technology. Um, I think you asked me a question about um, how long do you wear it for? As long as this is in contact with your skin, then you will gain the benefit from it. And, and there is an element where um, brain plasticity will, will occur. So it will change the way your brain functions in a, in a great way. Um, always in the positive, you'll be glad to know. Um, 
but obviously when you've got it in connection with your skin it's giving that direct message to the brain to just calm down or to, to to sharpen up in different areas so the answer to that is that whilst you've got it on you're performing at your optimum with your current brain in your current life you can always choose to take it off and i sometimes choose to have um, a weekend without any techno technology on um and one of the consequences is that in summertime if i get bitten by an insect at the weekend and i haven't got those things on it just rises up because it's my allergic reaction and when i put one of these specific patches back on again i don't get any of that same reaction so um yeah it's um yeah i've, I've done all sorts of hypnotic work i've done all sorts of nlp to try and you know try and replicate a placebo effect if you like of trying to, to use mind control it doesn't work anything like these uh, these patches do which you just put on forget you're wearing it and it gives you that that level of protection if you like that's incredible and i'm just thinking out loud here about the application for people especially introverts who could be a little bit more anxious and now when the world is kind of coming back to the new normal when we're socializing a little bit more and we might be going through a little bit of increased social anxiety and there is a little bit of the social atrophy after lockdowns that these events like going to networking, going to business meetings, just simply going out and being surrounded by people could be a little bit more draining and stressful to people, especially introverts or people who are just starting their business or they started during lockdown so they are kind of only used to the online business development or online stuff and then now we're opening up the real world and we're getting used to the real world so i can see the application even on then day-to-day -day calming improving performance feeling better just getting more out of life and business at the same time the application seemed to be really incredible yeah so again my you know social anxiety social anxiety i didn't i didn't know until about five years ago was a real thing and um I, even though i studied psychology degrees and that kind of touched on it and passed it through and whatever else but social anxiety is a real thing for me and uh, you know every time i go to a large group i i used to get um really really drained and trying to attend to everybody's conversations all the time and trying to make connections and this sort of thing it's a really draining procedure for me and i used to say to some of my friends you know did you find that really hard no i'm stimulated ah oh, that's the extrovert versus the introvert ah oh, got you got you got you um so genuinely since i've been wearing this technology i only realized fairly uh, about six months ago that i i go to these meetings and i att attend and uh, discussing and whatever else even in social occasions and i find that actually it's not it's not that draining um whether it's the energy levels i, I don't I haven't I haven't analyzed it to be to be perfectly honest with you um but also when uh, when you wear these socks at night i know which sounds really uh, a horrible thing to suggest but by wearing these special socks at night it helps your brain to relax and go into the four cycles of sleep which we probably know about so it's the awake it's the deep sleep the REM sleep and the light REM sleep and it helps your brain to circulate around those four different um, stages of sleep um, to make sense of things so as an introvert that used to fixate massively on things that people say and just think why did I do that and what's what's wrong with me and whatever else I find that actually I just sleep better and, and quicker um, sometimes have to switch the focus of my of my thinking in bed um, stop thinking about that think about whatever and and then you can move on from those things so uh, 
it certainly helps me sleep. Um, it certainly helps me to uh, to stop ruminating about um, the the negative aspects of introversion, which is um, you know mulling over things and thinking why have I done that and how have I created this and all those things that we do as introverts. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I can see many many applications for people. And the best thing of all, Lemka, is that we've so it's non invasive, it's non intrusive, it's not mechan it's not um, it's not magnets, it's not electricity, anything else like this. And it also comes with a 100% money back guarantee. So if people within a month of trying it get no results whatsoever, then quite frankly, they can have their money back. So it's, pardon the expression, but it's a no-brainer. I love this expression when we're talking about brain stuff. It's a no-brainer. So you you mentioned networking um, as an introvert and going to events. Do you find a difference between networking physically and networking online? Is there a, a difference in your energy or do you find it's it's pretty similar? Yeah, so my my experience of that is that it's 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 almost a different skill set for me. Um so it's it's so extremely dif- different for me that it's it's like a whole new way of operating. Um, whereas when I'm in person with people, I can go and find the physical space that I need. I can just move back from somebody. I can just drop out the conversation um, so I can be a little bit less attentive or intensive, if you like, um, with the conversation. But also the body language thing, right? So you can pick up so much body language from people in, in person um, that it, it's just a different way of operating. Whereas on screen, you're intently staring ahead the whole time. You've sometimes got some light in your face um if you're anything like me with my setup um and it's just that that intensity of, of of focus and concentration um so it's it's a completely different beast in my in my opinion um and some of the differences is also is um is how structured it is as well so the ones that are more structured i'm more um more comfortable within um because you know what's going to happen you know when you've got a chance to speak or whatever else um whereas the um the less structured ones especially online <laughs> Sorry, did you say something? No, you speak. No, you speak. And it's just such a, a stilted conversation sometimes, especially when you know somebody's giving a monologue like I just am doing, and they pause for a nanosecond. Somebody else jumps in. Oh man, <laughs> I, I I think I I shared with Natalie um, fairly recently that um, one of my pet hates is to be interrupted or being cut off by always an extrovert, right? always an extrovert that jumps in and gives some something that they want to say um and it's it really is frustrating and as a consequence to that i, I just find the the online network and you talked about it's just if it's not sufficiently structured with somebody asking the questions and leading the debate i find it so frustrating personally And and as you mentioned, it is very different. I mean, with the face-to-face, like you said, you can almost have that one-to-one conversation with somebody. You you find your own space and somebody might come with you or you see somebody on their own and you go speak to them and you can have those conversations which you can't necessarily have when you're online because everybody's in the same (laughs) space. You can't just go off. To the side and uh, you know unless you ask for a breakout room but that's like making it really obvious you know we don't want to be here we we off but yeah it, it it is very different oh man i, I was so i belong to uh to one networking group um with 
which is called Business Buzz. And um, they developed the concept around Remo platform and they had um, they had tables of six. So they basically went to groups of six people in this discussion. And I asked um, fairly early on in the during the lockdown period that, I mean, they brought it in really quickly, which is fantastic. And it was a great way of networking. Um, but I asked fairly quickly on if we could have smaller tables of perhaps three or four people, because I'm far, far more comfortable with that number of people rather than the group of six, which always has different dynamics in the, in the table. Um, so they did that for a while and I started going to meetings where I'd be on a table of three, quite happily chatting away. Somebody would jump in and say, could you move to a larger table so more people can join? So I went to the larger table and then ended up saying nothing. <laughs> and it, I, again, it's, it's, you know, I, I think I know my skill set. <laughs> my skill set with, with two or three people is, is really, I, I think, engaging. <laughs> I'm going to live with that illusion. I'm going to make, I'm going to, Fake it till I make it, Linker. <laughs> so I think I'm skilled in that in that environment of reading reading the people. But when it gets to more than that, it's uh, I just find it information rich and just overwhelming. And it is it is usually a, I'll jump on your bandwagon there. It's usually an extrovert who will say, "Can you move to a larger table? We want more people having discussions." And always all the introverts just sit back and like, "Okay, you you guys just keep going." And it stays the same size table because all the introverts are just looking at the ceiling or doing something and thinking, is it rude if I just get up and go? I, I just wish I just wish there was some way of explaining sufficiently well to an extroverted person that that some people don't think the same way that they do. And and that actually by by you know continually talking the whole I'll tell you another story in a, in a short one if that's okay. Um but by continually talking and hogging the airwaves and just talking about different subjects and going to different areas, it fries my brain. It just, I just think, oh my God, I've got something. So I end up saying, can we go back to two minutes ago when you said about this thing? And yeah, we've moved on. <laughs> I just wish there was some way of getting across to people that actually just by sitting and thinking more deeply about things sometimes you can make some more um, elegant answers and more elegant solutions to <clears throat> what you're talking about rather than just saying oh yeah I, I, I love those cars as well moving on <laughs> it is very much on who's running the meetings I think it's it's very much how they they look at the different members but one thing I did want to want to ask you, because you mentioned it earlier, and and when you mentioned it, I was reminded about a book from Todd Herman called uh, The Alter Ego Effect. I don't know if you've read it. No. And that might be worth worth reading because when I read that, it was very it is about having that alter ego of um of who you can um be whether it's in the network meetings whether it's in business and he he very much encourages having that persona that you create to help you to be who you need to be in that situation and that's why when you when you use alter ego earlier I just thought oh I wonder if you've read that book and are using it and I, I quite find that this book might be something handy for introverts to put on that persona maybe or to have that alter ego it's not really it's it's not necessarily acting it's more just having that almost like a person that's not you helping you if that makes sense so it, it might be worth reading to see especially for other introverts it might be a way to help 
to be in that situation to to be in that networking meeting um that's just a lot of noise and a lot of extroverts just going from one topic to another i don't think they can stick with one topic for longer than 30 seconds before they need to go off to the next one but it is it was i found that a very interesting book and the funny thing i read that before i really understood about introverts and, and extroverts so it might be worth reading again as an in, you know consciously knowing that i'm an introvert and it might i might see if there's any tips in there that i can start to share yeah i mean one of the other things that i do i've, I've just realized what what i do sometimes is I, I set myself a theme so if um so if i'm going to a networking meeting i set myself a theme of of what what do I want to achieve from this meeting? So um, sometimes I think I'm going to ask the really noddy questions that's going to be at surface level sometimes. And sometimes I think I'm going to ask them about something that they haven't spoken about in public or who's it they want to connect with or whatever else. So I try to have a theme to speak to everybody in the in that meeting about a, a specific thing. So that's kind of another alter ego thing as well, isn't it? It's kind of setting your your questioning technique or whatever else to, to that sort of thing and another thing I've just thought about Natalie was um you just sparked a, a thought in my brain from two minutes ago funny enough um who what kind of person sets up networking meetings introverts or extroverts and therefore considering that I don't think any introvert would want to set up a networking group personally I did I I did set up a meetup and from a meetup it grew into a conference. So two years before COVID I have run myself, started, organized and pretty much done everything, conference for up to 200 people and even between that then did virtual conferences. You mentioned Remo, we have used Remo for conferences. But I did make sure that we had one-to-one -one tables, that we had quiet space where people can just put themselves and be quiet. So you can see there is more and more introverts now organizing events, but you can see the difference of how these events are designed, how really is so much attention paid to this element of making sure everyone, especially introverts, are welcome. And at least me as an introvert, I can easily say if the event is organized by an extrovert or an introvert, because there's such a signs to the levels of comfort provided. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because I just have, again, I've just thought about it recently that um, just every time I go to a meeting, it's always set up by someone that's right. Let's all say, let's all stand up and say what we do. And, and you can see some people just going, oh, I hate this bit. I really hate this bit and they're sinking further into the chairs and you can see them just panicking about it that's that's no kind of experience is it it's not going to make the one to come again um so yeah ex exactly that um you know that uh, congratulations to you I, I'm, I'm completely unaware i'm really sorry i didn't know about that but yeah it's 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 quite funny that you know the people that get most energy from other people are the ones that would set up a, a, a networking environment group with them uh, with people that they would gain energy from um, whereas for me I, I've often thought about it and I thought actually what I don't want to do is go to a meeting start to talk about it but somebody talks over me and then takes over the meeting or the discussion which is what I had with one uh, um, one golf networking event and uh, very unfortunately um, the chap who was my co-host of that um, he rather sadly died last year age 43 heart attack um, but an absolute life and soul of every party the the most extrovert person you could ever get 
<laughs> and I said to him once, I said, I'd love to interview you to find out what it's like to be an extrovert. And he said, I'm, I'm not an extrovert. I said, you are the most extroverted person I know in my life. He said, no, but I get, uh, I get, I get quite upset by some of you people putting me down sometimes. That's not introversion, mate. <laughs> that's, that's you realising you've gone too far, frankly, um, because you're extroversion. And, and in, in this networking thing, I was running the meeting and he would jump across me and say, what, <laughs> what Stuart's trying to say is blank. <laughs> Congratulations for setting up introverted networking. I think one of the biggest lessons I gained from doing this as an introvert was really the skill of facilitating, of being able to politely force myself into a conversation. Because the way I started these events were very much informal chat. It wasn't with a presentation, it was really about networking. We would always have some questions it was around marketing and then people who had an opinion could share. And then I would usually just kind of, if I saw that the conversation is going into direction that I disagreed with, like professionally, marketing advice. But then I really quickly learned that the biggest skill I need in this environment is the ability to facilitate, to be able to jump in, notice when someone is taking over, be able to insert myself and kind of put it to the side to then really enable other. And I think the skill I've really learned from that was then also giving the space to the people who are the more shy, quiet, unsure and unable to speak to really try to nourish and nurture their abilities to create the safe space for them in any circumstances so they also feel comfortable to participate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a fundamentally important thing, isn't it? And I've been to so many big presentations, online chats and this sort of thing where I've had a burning question and, you know, somebody for whatever reason has hogged the, the time available and that the, the classic thing that some people say is um, just one last question and then the last their question you think well was that the last question and I, I sometimes just say can I just ask one more last question <laughs> but but sometimes I just think I, I, I had a question for you but I'll, I'll do it offline um, which is and the and quite often they come to me and say, well, why don't you ask that in front of the audience? Because everybody could have gained from the from the explanation. Sorry, you didn't have the right environment is what I'm thinking. But I just say it didn't come up till later. <laughs> but you're absolutely right in that if if we spent a bit more time, everybody understanding how other people function, sometimes differently, sometimes similarly, but never the same. Um, then we can have better quality conversations across the whole piece, recognising everybody's uniqueness and their ability to make sense of the world and contribute in a meaningful way. And then that's uh, much better for everybody. And it's it's about mental health, right? It's about, you know, I, I go to meetings because I want to help other people and, and obviously help my business to develop and, uh, and grow. Um, but ultimately, I want to go to meetings and come back thinking that was a good use of my time or... I've helped somebody today or some other beneficial thing that that makes it worth your while to do. And if I go to meetings and I come back and think, I didn't even get a word in edgeways there. I just think, well, that was a waste of time then, wasn't it? So it's, it's I think it's bigger than sharing others airspace or 
physical space in terms of a physical meeting. It's 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 about caring about other people's mental health. And if we, everybody, introverts, extroverts, and <laughs> do you believe in ambiverts? Mm, either go either way with that. I'm not sure I do agree with ambiverts. I think you're rather an introvert that's learned introvert extrovert skills, or vice versa. Personally, um, but I think it's um, it, it, if we if we all learned to to respect each other's space and re respect the fact that some people don't want to speak up in a group, but somehow find a way to bring them out is uh, is beneficial for everybody. And I, I like how you said, you know, if everybody accepted people for the way they are, you know, it would be a better be a better world, let alone a networking yeah, yeah. meeting. But yeah. I, I think that's going to be a, a big ask. One thing that I'm, I'm quite interested in is when you, and I'm, I'm very much generalizing here, yeah. so just to, to try and make my point, is men are louder, especially in networking meetings. You expect the man to be louder and more, you know, jumping over you and, as we say, you know, mansplaining and, and everything else. And I said I'm very much generalizing, whereas it's more the, the women are supposed to be quieter and, and as I said, I am very much using the business environment because that's the way it's been. But you are a male or a man and you are an introvert. When you get this, this, these preconceived ideas that women are quieter in the business arena and men are louder and more confident and, you know, more in your face, you're the total opposite because you are an introvert. So therefore, by nature, it's not easy to be in somebody's face. It's not your natural way to be and yet you can also come across women who are like in your face and and loud and everything else so I'm, I'm more asking as a man what is it like to be an introvert when you've got these precon when people have these preconceived ideas about the men and women in business is that something you've noticed that's a really interesting question because I've never thought about that ever. I've never thought about my uh, my height or my colour or, or anything else that's that's different to other people, um, because I generally just go to every environment and just just be myself, frankly. Um, and sometimes it's very quiet and unassuming and not saying boo to a goose. If, if I'm in a pub with a load of blokes, I'll be the one that's sitting there with a pint, quite listening to the conversation occasionally contributing in the case of being talked over you know, just yeah whatever just sit the pint again and, and crack on with the conversation so I don't I don't really I don't really think about stereotypes applied to myself I just just roll with the punches really kind of thing um, but I do know that um, in, a, in a in a group discussion I will be the one just not speaking up um, I'll, I'll interject um, I use a lot of humor to try and um, to try and cope with um, certain things so people often say to me, you know, you know you're the, you, you tend to be the funny guy at these meetings. So, well, sometimes it's only by putting a quick pun or a quip into a conversation that I can, I can make sense of things because I'm busily processing that information I've just been listening to. I'm trying to make sense of it. I'll go back and take notes, whatever else, and I'll, I'll internalise it. But I don't feel like giving you my instant response to things. I, I did it the other day on a, a meeting. I was on a... Uh, um, a, a an FSB um, for small businesses, Federation of Small Businesses um, in Liverpool. And I just thought today I'm going to be giving the answer straight away. So the a guy came on with a, a quiz and I just thought, 
do you know what? I'm just going to step up five or two, 75%, whatever it was. And I just thought, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy that. I didn't enjoy just blurting out stuff without really thinking it through. And um, it's a, yeah. So <laughs> your question was, you know, how do I think about the stereotypes? I genuinely don't think about it. Um, I've, I've worked and coached with a lot of men, um, a lot of who are um, massively um, underconfident um, to some extent where they couldn't even speak in public without shaking like a leaf. Um, equally, I've worked with some women that are the same, uh, same kind of generalisation. Um, but yeah, you're right that, that there aren't that many women that come across as being completely in your face like you can get with the stereotypical loud bloke. It was just it was just something that I was wondering because, you know, uh, Link and I often talk about you know introversion, but it's it's mostly from a woman's perspective, so it's quite interesting from a male's perspective, and maybe it is because it's it's I'm 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 going to step onto my feminist box here, so bear with me, Stuart. <laughs> you are outnumbered in this room. But it is it it women have been put down a lot to have you know hit that glass ceiling and and whatever else is and I'm wondering then maybe if it's more noticeable because we women knowing what we've come from whereas you are a a man and things are supposedly easier for you I mean military is very male dominated it's designed for men it's really difficult for women to have that same level of respect but still able to be a woman and I know it's changing I'm you know I'm very much generalizing in the conversation here so it's just it's interesting to get a male's perspective on on you know what you see and and experience and and this is one thing that we love about this podcast because it gives different perspectives than than just mine and Lenka's you know we we really want to share as much knowledge and as much different ideas as we can so it's 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 great that you've come here with I'm going to say male attitude but that's not right is it <laughs> with your with your experiences yeah so um thank you for mentioning my masculinity because it's um it's obviously a, a very a very key characteristic I, I have currently um I think I'll keep it <laughs> rather than changing but interestingly enough, I've just I've just suddenly thought that when, whenever I go to networking meetings, I tend to gravitate towards speaking with women anyway, um, because they, <laughs> gross generalisation again, are much gentler in the conversation. They tend not to challenge me directly or um, put me down unconsciously because, you know, some so some blokes. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm five foot seven tall. Some blokes who are you know, a foot more more than that taller than me um sometimes come across and they kind of tower above me and look down on me like this and you think there's just no need there's just no need for that um but again I'm I'm quite I'm quite used to being my height I've had it for around for 50 odd years and um, I'm quite I'm quite content with the, the skin in which I'm living um but it's it, it, it is very funny that I'd much rather have a conversation with a, a female um than the vast majority of males not to say I won't talk to males because some of them are equally engaging and they they give the time and space available um but yeah i tend not to think about it as a male female thing personally i think about it as a a, a, 
spiritual connection, if that makes sense, or an energetic connection with people rather than their rather than their gender and uh, um, or color or um, creed or religion or anything else like that. So it's it's purely, you know, do we connect and um, and stimulate each other? Um, but but yes, uh, I also have a similar problem with very boisterous groups of men predominantly um and some of the women that try to keep up as out as well and you just think well I, I don't know whether it's your real personality or whether you're just playing the game or faking it till you make it with that group um but you know certainly in, in a golf club for example um sitting in a table of 20 odd blokes drinking pints of beer and things on a, on a, a golf tour um i find um horrible frankly um, and I'd rather just sit quietly in the corner with a little glass of whiskey, just thinking this night will soon be over. And, and I generally do. I just sometimes just don't enjoy that 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 real boisterous socialisation because I just don't think it adds any value. And do you think that? Well, there are men introverts. Do you think a lot of them have done like what you used to do is put on that persona, put on that alter ego, and are yeah. hiding that they are introverts? Yeah. And therefore, they're almost becoming louder so that um, you can, so that they hide this this introversion because they don't quite know how to deal with it. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you listen to some of the phrases that we tend to trot out these, well, any any time to, uh, to man up or, you know, stick your chest up and get on with it or shoulders back, your chest out, whatever else, it's kind of masculine dominated traits, um, generalization. Um, so if 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 a man is is not able to speak up, come on, man, speak up! Come on, come on, come on! You, you kind of you get that very conscious um, projection on somebody else that you should be speaking up. And sometimes, uh, you know, I remember one um, confrontation about ten years ago. Crikey, um, <laughs> do I internalise things? <laughs> so about ten years ago, when uh, we had a bit of a falling out with some rugby coaches and I was a, one of the rugby coaches and uh, somebody had challenged somebody else and it got a bit heated and he said what do you think Stuart and I just thought I, I, I really don't feel comfortable saying anything at all but I couldn't not say anything because it was a direct confrontation to me and I said do you know what I'm, I'd, I'd much rather wait until this heat of this conversation has died down and then say something then and one of them said to me well that's just weak isn't it I said well it may well be, but I just don't feel comfortable right now. Another guy came up and said, um, yeah, well done. I think that could have turned a bit nasty. Um, so it's, you know, it's what you're comfortable with with saying. And and other times, in a direct one-to-one -one confrontation with other men, um, I will quite happily stand up and, you know, if if he moves his arm, I'll I'll respond back in a physical way. Um, so I, I, I think I'm able to <laughs> pick my times and moments. Um, not die in a ditch and um, and just sometimes just step back <laughs> that's the struggle we have as a man Natalie oh bless <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up today and this has been a really wonderful conversation especially around your experiences in networking is there sort of something like a a, a tip or a something that you would like to just share with the audience just as a you know what, this is one of the best things that I I do to help me run my business as an introvert. Is there something that you would like to share before we wrap up? I think the thing that I would most share with people is the ability to, to calm down your brain. So um, you know, whether it's by breathing techniques or 
visualization or you know even wearing some of the, the neurotech that i've been talking about um, but just calming your brain down to let your brain work to the best of its ability um, have have a focus of, of the attention in that particular networking meeting or whatever um, but i would say that you've got you've got to find your why right so you've, you've really got to find your simon cynic's why or whoever developed it before him um, find out your reason why you want to do that business and focus all your attention onto that and don't think don't overthink what it is that you're feeling um, and how, how would you do that I would suggest that people find a, a really good friend family member or somebody else they can rely on and just rehearse those introductions and just go through that you know who are you, Lemka? What do you do? And just just go through that whole thing of saying, you know, this is what I do for people or whatever else, and, and just taking some some feedback from that. So, um, create your environment, rehearse your responses, and just go and do it. <laughs> I like that. Just go and do it. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, mostly, mostly inside inside a little corner. Um, so um, I'm I'm online on uh, on LinkedIn. So I'm I'm known as Stuart Holcroft. Outstanding stocks on LinkedIn. Um, I have uh, various web details available, which um, I, I understand you can share with people. Um, so I um, I have an office in Buckinghamshire. So I operate from there, and um, I only speak to anybody that um, is in the English speaking world. So um, if you're listening to this from all around the world, and you speak my language then um, you, can, you can get in touch with me various different ways. Well, once again, thank you so much for, for sharing your experiences, your knowledge, and, and just sharing what it's like to be an introvert, especially networking meetings. Uh, there can be, sometimes I feel like a minefield, and sometimes yeah. it can just be a, a really great place. As, as you said, it's finding the right one. So thank you again for you know giving us your time and, and sharing your experiences with us and, and what it's like to be a introvert make sure you subscribe to intro life podcast to receive a notification whenever we publish a new episode